Hey, it's me for a special solo cast of the Business of Fun podcast. Uh, I'm going to talk about seven ideas that'll help kickstart your ticket sales now. Uh, but first, I want to tell you to take a look at my friends at Booking Protect, the global leaders at refund protection. I have been doing research in the Talking Tickets newsletter and here on the podcast for a while. And one of the key challenges that people are dealing with is uncertainty, um, COVID concerns. They still remain with us and it is causing people to not buy tickets. The interesting thing about this is that the Booking Protect data shows that about 30% of people are taking up refund protection now, which is up from somewhere between 10 and 12% or maybe even as high as 15% before the pandemic. Uh, what it shows though is at least double the number of people are taking refund protection now, which goes hand in hand with the data from the survey, which I will be releasing in just a few days uh, with a whole bunch of other interesting things, which is kind of the foundation of this seven ideas to kickstart ticket sales. But check out Booking Protect at bookingprotect.com. Okay. Now, the first, so seven ideas to help you kickstart your ticket sales now. This is not like a comprehensive thing because the truth is, is that each organization is different. Each organization is going to need different things. And the only absolute in any organization is that the first step that you should take before you try to recreate your sales process, uh, reinvent, reorganize, re-energize, whatever adjective you'd like to use, is that you need to take a step back. And so number one is actually to do some market research. Again, the first step you should be taking in understanding how to market and sell your products and services now, what's going on with your customers is a step back. You should be looking to see what your customers are thinking, um, what are the challenges they're dealing with, what are their concerns right now. Um, I can go on and on about market research, but let me give you just a high tech, like a, a high level overview. The first concept you want to understand is ethnography, and ethnography is just the practice of going around and seeing how people actually use your products and services. It can be incredibly valuable. It can also be very helpful now, or it can be completely useless depending on how many people are at your venues. Um, you know, because if you're just reopening, you're not going to gain a lot of information. If you've been open for a season or a couple some performances, as soon as possible, start getting out there. Don't talk to people. Just walk around and see how people are engaging with your products, your services, your events. That's the most basic foundation. Then you want to have some conversations. Do some one-on-one -on -one stuff, some small-level stuff. So interviews, one-to-one -one conversations. Step it up to maybe some small focus groups, right? That's the second step. The third step would be do some surveys, right? Uh, YouGov is a great service that I've been using a little bit lately. Um, you can do it yourself if you have a substantial email list or even, you know, not a huge list like, uh, you know, I use my list. Do your own survey, you know, built off of the stuff you've observed and that you've learned from talking to people. Right. So do your own service. Then another great source of market research right now is secondary research. There's tons of people, right? I'm doing a survey that I'm releasing results or I've done a survey that I'm releasing the results of soon. Secondary data is stuff that people have already done. You can use it to find out all kinds of interesting things about your market, right? Um, use it. Google is one of your best friends. So the first step to help you sell more tickets is to do some research so you can understand what the market and what the world looks like right now. Not how it was before the pandemic, but how it is right now. 
you can't guess, you can't fly blind, you can't do any of these things. So, so do some research. Number two is something I have been, it's a hill I'll die on, which is that you should segment your market based on behavior. There's a couple reasons that I talk about segmentation by behavior. You know, number one is the joke I often tell, and I forget where I even found it, but about if you just segmented by demographics, did you see that Prince Charles and Ozzy Osbourne look exactly the same? Uh, a guest on the podcast from a little while back, Zoe Skamen, she posted something on the LinkedIn the other day that I saw, uh, and it was an article talked about segmentation where it's like the difference between behavior and demographics is the is like if you're doing it based on demographics, it's like you're looking at astrology, right? It doesn't allow you to really understand what drives people's behavior, right? I am a white male in my 40s, um, but to say that every white male in my in his 40s acts exactly the same is a little ridiculous. Um, you know, if you put me together in the room with Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos, the average is we're billionaires, right? That's demographic data. What's more important is you want to look at behavior, right? What drives people to do? How are, where is people's attentions going? What's making them take action? You know, look at things through the idea of what's meaningful to people and what causes them to take action. Zip codes, income levels, age. A lot of these things, they may be meaningful. They may not be. The thing is, it's like you need to make a decision and those are always driven by behaviors, not by demographics. Demographics alone, to quote Zoe's thing on LinkedIn, is like looking at astrology. Segment your market based on behavior because what causes people to take action is the most important things. Actions over words. Number three, I want you to target opportunities. I saw another thing on the LinkedIn. I don't know why I've been on LinkedIn so much lately, but I guess you can find me on LinkedIn. Just search for me, Dave Wakeman. Um, Anthony Inarino, who always seems to send me a copy of a, a galley of his new books, just posted a thing about spraying and praying and how marketing seems to have become just a, and sales has become an effort of just spraying and praying. I don't believe in that. I also struggle a little bit with the idea of, you know, targeting everyone in the market because most of our budgets just don't reflect that, right? If you're Coca-Cola or you're, um, you know, a large consumer brand, then you can probably target all the consumers in your market. If you're most of us, though, you need to target, right? And how do you target? You're going to take that segmentation, that map that you've drawn of the market, and you're going to have looked at the behaviors and you're going to see different target markets, different segments of the market that are um, have different values to them, different behaviors, different uh, spots in their buying process, you know, different things they look for and are engaged in. And you're going to be able to go, these are the people I should be targeting because you're going to see that the value you create lines up pretty well with the value that the people are looking for or the actions that people might take. So you want to target opportunities and you want to be specific. You want to target in a way that allows you to give yourself the greatest opportunity of success. So you want to look for where does your value match up with people's behaviors or the needs they want or the desires they have for value. 
That's what targeting is, as simple as, as I can possibly make it. You're not trying to be everything to everyone. You're trying to be specifically focused on a certain group or groups of people. My advice to people most of the time is you pick one target market. Usually there's some carryover and some bleed over in other segments. At the most, you might pick three. But usually a good place to start is one that has some significant overlap in other segments. Again, though, the segmentation will guide you in this. So it's key that you do the research and that you follow the segmentation process. Number four. To build off of this, you have to think about the value. You have to understand what the value you provide. And this allows you to do something that's very, very important and that we probably don't do a very good job of in a lot of cases. And it's something that I'm going to actually talk about in this week's Talking Tickets newsletter, which you can get at talkingtickets.substack.com, which is positioning and the way that we communicate our value to our market. Positioning is making a decision about whether or not how you sell your products and your services and your events is about you or is against the things that are competing with you. Uh, There is a great commercial. Again, this article will be in the Talking Tickets newsletter on Friday, but it showed how paint by numbers, even done well, a lot of arts marketing is. And then how a better approach to it, it talks about putting you your the put yourself in the the feet of uh, in the shoes of the customer. Jeez, stuttering won't get edited out today. You have to put yourself in the shoes of your customer and understand whether or not the best way to position your business is about what you offer them or against the things that are competing with you for the people's contention uh, attention. So focus on value and how you're going to position your your products and services and events is number four. So number five, to pull all this stuff together is I want you to set the right goals. In the survey that will be going out, the report on my survey data that will be going out, I'm going to talk about how people have a lot smaller staffs now and how staff burnout, staff motivation, just number of staff is a challenge for people. And so this breaks, makes number five, setting the right goals more important. Because the thing is, is like you can't necessarily brute force your way to sales and marketing success any longer. You need to understand what are the actions that are going to create impact? How are you going to be effective? How are you going to get the most impact for your investment in time, money, energy, resources? So you want to set the right goals for your business, right? Smart goals, as I tell you all the time, which are S is for specific, right? M is for measurable, A is for ambitious, R is for realistic, and T is for time bound. So specific, right? You don't want some fluffy thing like, oh, engagement. You want to say, hey, look, we are going to raise our brand awareness by this number, or we're going to make our conversion rate on these email campaigns improve by this number, right? Specific. Measurable. Again, that's our number is here. We're going to get it to this number, right? From here to there, that's measurable. Ambitious, you want to make it worth shooting for, right? I wanted to increase my, what you call it? I wanted to double the, this is a good one. I wanted to double the number of people signed up for my email newsletter, right? And that's an ambitious goal for me. 
what's ambitious to your organization might vary, right? Make it ambitious, but also don't be afraid because R is for realistic. You don't want to say, I'm going to 10X something and then it becomes demotivating. So you want to be realistic, right? If I had said, oh, I want to take my email list and make it from, instead of get it to 10,000, I want to get it to 110,000. That might not necessarily be a realistic because the email is targeted for a niche, right? So you want to make sure that it's realistic for you and your organization. Do that, right? And then time bound. So that like at when it comes time to, for you to know whether or not you've been successful, you can say, yes, we achieved this. No, we did not achieve this um, in this period of time. Right. So at the end of the year, the end of the quarter, the end of the month, you can look back on your results and you can say we actually did what we thought we were going to do. We were successful. So number five is set the right goals. Number six, I want you to rethink how your product is presented. The product can be tangible and intangible things. It can be, um, there's three pieces of the product, right? There is the core value that you share. There is the actual product, and then there is the augmented product. The augmented product is everything that goes around it. Depending on what you're trying to get your customers and fans to buy into or your customers to purchase, rethink what you're selling them. You can add to the product, you can subtract from the product. You can do things before or after an event. You can extend the relationship. You can throw some more value in. Whatever it is, I want you to think more deeply about how your product is presented. So that's number six, is rethink how your product is presented to your customers. And then number seven, set the right price. Um, the course that I'm working on has a much more blue, working blue uh, name for it, but set the right price. Uh, pricing was a problem before the pandemic. Pricing is a problem now. Uh, there are a lot of people who will lead you down false paths on pricing. They will tell you that discounts are okay, that there's um, that you should be pricing just to get people in the door, that just give away tickets. They will tell you all kinds of things. The thing about pricing is that pricing is a reflection of value. Price is the value that people put on your product and service. Ultimately, price is about perception. So if you don't set the right price, you are manipulating the perception that people have of your product, your service, your event, and it can happen go in a good or bad way. Discounts are the fastest way to commoditize a brand, right? Setting artificially low prices is a bad way. It signals that you don't trust the value in what you're offering. It signifies that this is not something worth my attention. It does not signify that I should go and test this out, right? The same way that extraordinarily high prices can create challenges, right? A extremely high price can tell people that this is just for a special occasion. This is not for me. This, the, they don't want me at these events, right? So you have to make sure that you set the right price. And this is really the price I've found is the most important expression of strategy in a lot of ways because you can't set a good price if you don't have a good strategy. And that comes down to first doing your research, drawing up a picture of your market so that you understand what the market really looks like, looking at the behaviors that drive decisions and actions, targeting 
the market and the segments in the best places that are going to give you the best opportunities for success. Positioning yourself for or against your competition. Setting smart goals and objectives so that you know whether or not you're good or bad, succeeding or failing. And then allowing your marketing mix to deliver on your strategy through product, price, place, and promotion. But price has come become to me the definition of whether or not an organization is a good marketing organization. Because you can tell if their price strategy is incoherent, that they probably don't have a strategy at all. Or worse, they have a strategy, what they call the strategy, that's just a wish list. Or it's just a bunch of thoughts and ideas thrown together on paper. Price tells me whether or not somebody knows what the real value, what their customers really want. Discounts tell me that you've given up hope on marketing and selling your process product effectively. Maybe you don't have the confidence in standing up for what you know is the right decision. All of that comes through in the pricing decision. So set the right effing price, like I say in the uh, title of my upcoming pricing course. Um, so those are seven ideas to help kickstart the ticket sales now. You know, make sure you want to get the research report I pulled together from um, surveying over 700 people in the live entertainment business around the world, right, by signing up for the newsletter, Talking Tickets, at talkingtickets.substack.com. You can send me emails, daviddavewakeman.com. Check out my website, davewakeman.com. Look at my partners, uh, Booking Protect, the global leaders, refund protection, uh, www.bookingprotect.com. Uh, I partnered with Eventelect to create a NPS worksheet that you can get by sending me an email, daviddavewakeman.com. And I didn't talk about it during this segmentation and targeting and value conversation, but check out Activate and the new Activate email marketing platform from ActivityStream at activitystream.com. And thank you so much for listening. Um, it's always a pleasure to spend some time with you. Let me know if these kind of things work because I'll try to slide in a few more uh, lessons into the podcast stream. Uh, talk to you soon. Take it easy.